Everything as a Service Journal is an online publication built to help technology solution providers identify and quickly tap into new sources of recurring revenue. No matter which technology niche an IT solution provider specializes in, whether that's unified communication, enterprise networking, or cloud services, it all has to be built on a foundation of security. Cybersecurity threats can negatively impact uh, businesses in numerous ways, from as simple as slowing down productivity to the very real situation we're seeing nowadays, where cyber criminals are locking up victims' data and demanding large ransomware fees to give it back. And if you don't know of them, Barracuda, they're a leading channel-focused security vendor, and they help protect businesses of all sizes from cyber threats through a variety of products and solutions. And that includes educating its partners about the latest threats. Well, recently, Barracuda released their Threat Spotlight, which is focused on malicious accounts in BEC, or Business Email Compromise. I'm Mike Monticello, co-founder of Everything as a Service Journal. And I'm Jay McCall, co-founder of Everything as a Service Journal. To get more insights on this topic, today we're talking to Alessia Klebchuk. She's the Senior Product Marketing Manager at Barracuda Networks. Alessia, thanks for joining us today on the Zascast. Thank you for having me here. Hey, let's uh, jump right into this um, uh, threat spotlight. Tell us a little bit about the recent research that uh, Barracuda released around these uh, um, malicious accounts and business email compromise. Sure. Well, email attacks is absolutely nothing new today. Uh, we see them every single day. Organizations receive email, um, phishing email attacks um, on a daily basis. And it's not surprising. Email is the number one communication tool, and hackers love using email as a way to get inside the organizations as well. Um, email attacks are the number one threat vector. vast majority of security breaches will start with an email attack. And what we've seen over the past years is that these attacks are becoming more and more complex. They're becoming more targeted. Um, they're becoming more sophisticated. We see an increasing number of impersonation attacks, business email compromise, account takeovers, things like conversation hijacking, very complex attacks that use a combination of different techniques to um, trick the users into uh, clicking on the link or uh, responding to the um, to the email. They're very convincing um, at what they do. And um, in light of that, we have um, been researching this um, targeted attacks, the spear phishing attacks. And on a regular basis, we publish a threat spotlight, which is uh, what we're going to be discussing today. We'll look at um, a different types of attacks that are targeting our customers and we analyze the nature of those attacks, the tactics the hackers are using to bring that research um, to our customers, to uh, the industry overall, so we can learn from those tactics and build uh, a better protection against um, against these attacks. So in that recent research, um, focused on um, kind of repeated use of malicious email accounts, to launch business email compromise or um, other impersonating um, attacks, attacking impersonating individuals within the organization. 
So what we found as part of the research is that hackers love to use legitimate email services like Gmail, for example, and they often reuse those um, services in, in multiple attacks. We have looked at um, hundreds of thousands of business email compromise attacks um, since 20, since early this year. And uh, what we found, there were just over 6,000 of those malicious accounts being used to launch those hundreds of thousands of attacks. Um, and actually, interestingly, um, we, we found that around half of uh, all business email compromise attacks that were targeting um, um, organizations were uh, coming from these uh, 6,000 malicious accounts. Interesting. Hey, can you explain a little bit more about um, these malicious accounts, how they work, and what makes these attacks so successful? Yeah, attackers register these email accounts with actually the, a legitimate uh, service like Gmail or AOL, Yahoo, um, and they use those accounts to impersonate somebody within the organization, or they might also impersonate your partner, your customer, somebody that uh, you would usually have a regular communication with. And these types of attacks are often known as uh, business email compromise. Um, a lot of the time, attackers um, invest a lot of time into crafting their messages. They will research the victims. Um, they will write a, a very personalized emails in the hopes that they can really trick victims into believing that they are who the victim may think they are. Um, and um, they use those, account, those accounts only um, a few times. Uh, a lot of, um, they don't use them a lot because um, those legitimate services like Gmail, they have a very strict uh, policies against spam or against um, their, their services being used for phishing or, or other illegal activities. So if uh, they are found out, their accounts will be blocked. The nature of the business email compromise attacks very often is that attackers want a response. So they will use the Gmail account to launch an attack and then they want the victim to respond. They will say, are you at your desk? I need a favor for you to do. And they want the victim to respond to saying, yes, I'm around, what do you want? So they want to establish that trust and it's very often that conversation will go back and forth. So it's very important for them to have those accounts uh, live uh, and not being blocked and not being detected. Um, we have also seen um, where um, where attacks is, is the same account is being used in um, different uh, attacks for different organizations. Hackers will just simply change the display name, um, but keep the email address the same, and they will change the display name of whoever they are trying to impersonate. And if you think about it, a lot of the time we do use our mobile devices, for example, to check our emails, and it's not very easy to see on the mobile device the actual email address. It will just display the, the name. And uh, hackers know that, and they, they use that as a, as, a, as a way to hide their real identity. Gotcha. It, so in your research, I mean, did Barracuda find that cyber criminals prefer um, certain email services over others? Yeah, for sure. So they, they definitely prefer, as I mentioned, those well-known legitimate services. And actually, the choices of services uh, reflect our choices of services as consumers. Um, they preference uh, Gmail accounts uh, over any others. Um, and it's not really surprising because uh, Gmail accounts are very accessible. Um, they're completely free. It's very easy to register. You can register 
hundreds of those accounts if you want to, and they have a very high enough reputation um, to pass through uh, any email security filters without triggering um, the systems to block those emails. Yeah, makes sense. And how long do cyber criminals typically uh, use a, a compromised account? Um, a lot of the t most of the time, they, they don't use it for very long. Um, they uh, they try to um, use it for a very short period of time because of the targeted nature of the attack. Um, in our research, we saw that around 29% um, of um, those accounts were only used over 24-hour periods and then we didn't see them again. Um, it doesn't mean that they won't come back to it later on, but most of the time they will just use it for a single attack or um, for a, a number of different attacks over a short period of time and then they will give up on the account. Um, there are a number of reasons why that could happen. Those malicious accounts may get reported and they might be, get suspended by the actual email providers. Um, it's easy for cyber criminals to register a new account. So, you know, if you put all that effort into researching and crafting the attack, you may as well go and register a new account to execute on that. Um, and, you know, cyber criminals can also um, temporarily abandon their accounts and after the initial attacks and then just return to it um, over, over a period of time. Um, so it's not unusual also for us to see um, the same account to be used over a longer period of time. We have seen some of the um, some of the of these accounts being used for over a year and launching attacks uh, from the same email address targeting different organizations. Yeah, I'm curious um, what your research might have shown about the volume of attack uh, of attacks. Did did it were there any interesting findings in that respect? Yeah, so given the very highly kind of targeted nature um, of this of this attack and the fact that um, hackers do expect the actual reply uh, from um, from the victims, the volumes are pretty low. So because, you know, cyber criminals need to be able to manage those attacks and the responses they get, and there's only so many uh, emails that they can customize. So the volume of attacks um, kind of skews towards just, just very few, maybe a handful of uh, emails being sent. But we have seen some outliers in uh, one case we saw a single uh, um, attack being size of, uh, sent out around 600 emails um, from, from a single account. So there are outliers, but they are, they're, less, um, they're less usual and usually those attacks are a little bit less targeted in their nature. Um, so another interesting uh, finding is that we, we looked at, at over um, 6,000 organizations that have received this uh, business email compromise. And, in many cases, um, cyber criminals use the same account um, to target multiple different organizations. So, and they're probably targeted more than those um, outside of those 6,000 that we just looked at. Um, in one particular outlier that we have seen, uh, one single email address was used to target around 256 different organizations. So they wow. they spread pretty wide as well. Yeah. So. Well, you know, after you know, looking at uh, the landscape there, I'm just kind of curious, what is um, your advice in terms of what are some practical things that businesses can do to protect themselves against these types of malicious attacks? Well, um, given that attackers are using multiple tactics to um, trick their victims, there's uh, no single solution is, uh, uh, is able to protect them against all types of different um, threats that are out there. And, 
um, you know, organizations need to start thinking about kind of a layered approach to their security and have multiple tactics, multiple tools and strategies to protect um, themselves and their employees um, against uh, these attacks. Um, hackers increasingly rely on uh, social engineering tactics that are designed to bypass the traditional email gateways and traditional filtering technologies that most organizations um, have in place. So layering protection on top of your filtering technology and on top of your gateway is, is really is the key here. Um, the first thing I would, uh, of course, suggest in this particular case um, is to definitely invest into some um, good business email compromise protection and personation protection and um, something that um, you leverages an, an AI or machine learning type of technology that is able to identify uh, these malicious senders um, and able to identify it based on unusual behavior. It's able to understand what normal communication looks like and, and bases decisions not on rules and policies that are really difficult to construct and maintain over time but base it on you know, what's normal communication looks like for an for organization. And when some something abnormal happens, like an email from an unusual uh, email address and um, uh, making an unusual request um, from a person that you don't usually communicate with, you know, an AI can, can, um, can really identify that and, and block that. Um, second uh, is, you know, we, we need to start looking at blocking those messages from these particular malicious accounts. And um, these malicious accounts, it's not as easy to identify as a, it, may, it may sound. It's um, um, hackers do use a lot of different tactics like spoofing and so forth to avoid being uh, detected. Um, so it's only kind of a very small number of attacks that, that does come from, uh, from these malicious uh, accounts. And it's actually highly unlikely that um, an organization uh, will be targeted by an attack from the same account more than once. So it's really important to work with a vendor that um, has the scope and ability to see into thousands of these accounts so you can share this intelligence between different organizations and use kind of a community-based intelligence uh, and uh, kind of based on the threats that other organizations have detected and uh, apply that to your own protection as well. Um, and then finally, you know, don't forget to train your users. Um, training is always uh, a big part of uh, everybody's defense. So no security is effective 100% uh, of the time and having your employees being able to recognize these attacks is, is really is the key. Yeah, um, that's great, great advice. You know, and I'm sure a lot of those that, you know, really transfers over from where they're talking about the end users now to the um, to the managed services providers that are, you know, providing these types of solutions and services on behalf of their uh, end user clients. Is there any additional uh, advice you would give to the MSPs in terms of whether it's from a technology standpoint, a process standpoint, or training or cultural standpoint in terms of how they can better, you know, protect their uh, clients from these types of uh, threats? Yeah, well, you know, currently, for example, we are all working uh, remotely, a lot of us rather uh, working remotely, and it's uh, this remote working um, that needs to ensure that we're both, we all stay productive and secure actually created a lot of um, opportunity for MSPs to support their customers um, in, in their desire to be productive and, and secure. And, um, you know, the, the threat landscape, um, 
you know, hasn't really changed over the past few months, but uh, the needs of the organizations have. So we, we see, uh, you know, the MSPs need to get prepared that there will be uh, a lot less questions around um, device troubleshooting and more about questions around types of threats and attacks and, you know, account compromises, uh, loss of data. So they, uh, organizations really need to have tools and processes in place to help them both mitigate uh, and respond to this uh, security events. So there is really is a growing appetite for managed services for organizations to help them overcome these challenges, that especially those that we have today. Uh, so it has created a lot of opportunities for uh, for MSPs. Um, you know, around 69% of MSPs have uh, uh, identified that the managed services practice is the biggest uh, opportunity for increasing the sales uh, this year. And uh, around 88% said that um, the demand for security services have increased um, in this past year as well. So there is a lot of opportunities in this space for MSPs to make their customers to be more secure and more productive. Yeah, certainly. It, you know, um, you know, one of the things that you, you mentioned earlier in terms of like um, education and training specifically, uh, are there any particular approaches uh, that you're seeing that, you've seen some of the MSPs take that they're, you know, more successful than others in terms of, you know, specifically with protecting clients from these email-based risks? Yeah. So, uh, first of all, the MSPs, um, um, you know, have been, need to start investing in this education and training, as you mentioned, and uh, making sure that the customers are um, aware of the latest threats and they can recognize them and um, and we can they can report them effectively as well, not just recognize. Uh, there are a number of ways to uh, to do that. The number of tools available, for example, uh, at Barracuda, we have um, a fish line service that helps uh, uh, us to train customers, um, organizations to train their employees um, around this latest uh, trends. It uh, has two main components uh, within the product, and um, one is uh the actual training about you know, different modules different materials that exist um, about latest threats uh, that are out there um, and uh, the second component is the phishing simulation where um, it organizations or msps themselves if they provide managed services for the for, for a customer can launch those simulated phishing attacks to actually show employees what those attacks may look like and test them uh on their um ability to detect those attacks, the, the knowledge about, about uh, how, where, what to do with the attack, how to react, where to report to, and then um, this way really identify any, you know, weak links within uh, um, gaps uh, of knowledge within the organization and provide additional training through different modules that we provide as well. Um, very important, again, especially especially now, um, we're all remote, we're all distracted, we, we all communicate through, um, not in person, but uh, through email, through um, phone conversations, chats, so being able to un realize and uh, uh, what those attacks look like um, is um, is super important. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, uh, you know, what you're talking about with like, the fish line, I, I had a... Uh... I was made aware of a, a friend of mine had told me recently about a story where uh, at his work, uh, I, don't, I don't know if they're using fish line or something, you know, comparable to that, but uh, someone at his work, you know, had uh, clicked on um, an email that, you know, was actually a simulated uh, phishing email. And it was a great opportunity then for 
um, whatever company was you know, managing that to follow up and to kind of reinforce that training. I think that just goes a lot further than, you know, for a company just to do a, an annual type of um, security awareness training, but to actually have uh, those random um, simulated uh, emails uh, really reinforces it and keeps security top of mind for everyone. For sure. And you would rather, you know, your employees fall for one of your simulated phishing attacks and learn from that rather than for a real thing. And then, you know, fall for that and it'll be too late to teach them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, I just want to thank you so much for your time here today, Alessia. This has been very informative and we look forward to having you back again in the near future. For sure. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. Really good stuff from Alessia, Jay. I really like the talking point in your interview about the importance of MSPs using those simulated phishing services to help make their customers more vigilant about threats. That's a really good idea and, uh, boy, a way to provide some great value. I, I got to imagine that that's a differentiator for a lot of the MSPs that are offering this. And it, they, it probably returns some very eye-opening results. Yeah, you know, it's one thing to sit in a training session once a year, or maybe even once a quarter, hear about the latest cyber threats, and then you go on your merry way. But it's a whole other thing where, you know, employees are getting uh, actual emails that, you know, uh, simulate real phishing scams. And as soon as, you know, they fall for it and click on it, now the MSP gets the um, alert and can, you know, immediately take action and use that as a, a training opportunity to you know, find out who really needs uh, additional training, uh, you know, not to mention the fact that it's, it's a great um, additional incremental revenue stream for IT solution providers. Yeah. And that's what we are all about. So uh, thanks for doing that interview. And thanks to you for listening today. For more helpful resources about security as a service and 50 other as a service topics, check out everything as a service journal at xaasjournal.com. Thanks and have a great day.